Ready to boost sales and grow your business without the BS? Welcome to the Business Growth Show. I'm Sam Dunning, a digital marketing, sales, and business growth evangelist. Tune in and subscribe today as I'll be interviewing business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. We'll be sharing actionable tips across marketing, sales, and growth without the BS to help you skyrocket your business. And welcome back to a fresh episode of the Business Growth Show. Delighted to be joined by my good friend today, Jason McElhone. This is Jason's, believe it or not, third time back on the show. And I think he's the first guest to be invited back three times. So that's something in itself. We're going to be talking all about playing the long game on social media today. Jason's the CEO over at Remote Sales. He provides remote sales consultation for small and mid-sized businesses starting at 5K a month. Jason Welcome back, dude. How you doing? Very well, man. Great to be back on the show, Sam. Looking forward to it, man. A lot's changed since we last chatted. You've you've upped your game on social, you've upped your game on YouTube, which we'll get into. Um, but yeah, today's topic I think is going to be massively useful for everyone tuning in as well as myself on how we can ultimately generate opportunities through social, grow our businesses, grow our revenue, and all that good stuff. Um, so perhaps we should kick this off by saying... Um, why, if, if, if you're on social media, why it perhaps isn't for you if you want instant results, if you want instant gratification? So what, what are your thoughts there, Jason? Great question. All right. So the challenge that we have in the sales community is all of these short-term quotas. It, you know, it, your typical salesperson is 12 to 18 months before they're on to another job. So as soon as you step into that chair whether you're an SDR, an AE, or a seasoned vet like myself, it's all about performance. And we forget that when it comes to social media, it takes months and especially years in order to develop a brand. And for all the folks out there who might be asking, Jason, hey, what's it take to build a brand? I've said this before, I'll say it again. You talk about what you care about. You talk about what you care about, Sam. It rhymes and it works. So if you're going to go in, several months or even up to a year engaging with your potential customer. And you can find that through Sales Navigator or something like Seamless.ai, et cetera. By the time that you actually reach out, whether it's by DM or you actually make a phone call or an email, there's some sort of name recognition. There's brand awareness. You're known as that person who's given away value for free, maybe directly related to your business, or it could be a side hustle that you're passionate about. Yeah. but we need to start focusing on the long game and developing your own personal brand because if it's all business all the time, it's just not going to work. Okay. All right. Yeah, well, that, that's, that does make sense. So let's break that down a bit and put this into something fairly tangible so people can take something away for this. So I love what you mentioned there. Talk, talk about what you care about. It rhymes. Um, and yes, yeah, it's, it's certainly relevant when it comes to building a personal brand. So does that mean we should just be talking about kind of what my pet's having for dinner um, tonight, which is probably dog food, which she has the same every night. But is it? that's obviously a silly example. But is is it how do we get the balance or do we need to balance it between perhaps the product or the service that we offer? And what's the same thing, perhaps something we're interested in personally? Or how do we go about striking something that gets a nice blend between the two? I'm a huge fan of the 80-20 rule. Uh, I used to think 12 months ago that I had to give everything away and I had no right to offer a sales ask. Now I think it's 80-20. 
So if you go all in on your personal brand, 80% of the time, you have to share something personal or something within the expertise that you currently find yourself in. So for me, as an example, I spent half my life on Wall Street managing money for accredited investors. So I have this hashtag stocks with Jason on LinkedIn. And over the course of the last year and a half, I probably have close to 400 folks that I'm communicating with by way of DM sharing stock picks when I get in, when I get out. But that right there, in terms of adding value, has helped bring opportunity and new business clients related to this sales outsourcing partnership that I have with a company called Salelytics. So you have to spend 80% of your time, every four out of five posts, share it like in your case, share a photo of that baby as you do. You got to give your prospects a chance to like you and trust you beyond whatever it is you quote do for a living. But if you do that consistently, you absolutely have a right to say, hey, I just launched a new book or I've got a channel over on YouTube that's blowing up right now. I need you to subscribe or I need you to follow me at Salelytics because we're driving over $5 billion a year in incremental sales for about 75 companies. And if I've spent 80% of my time giving away my expertise, my tips, my tricks, my audience, my potential prospects will be more inclined to do whatever it is I'm asking them to do. Yeah, yeah, and that makes sense. And do you think on that note, Jason, that we need to, if we're new to this or we're perhaps not putting out much on social, let's take LinkedIn as an example in the B2B business-to-business space, do we need to start with the end game in mind? So do we need to think ultimately... We, we probably want to do this to actually generate leads, inquiries, to start conversations with our ideal prospects or ideal customers. So do we need to think this content's got to be geared around X, Y, Z to actually be of interest or of help or of use or entertainment to them? So I need to craft the put, stuff I put together around that. Or is there something else that you suggest that's, that's worked really well for yourself or your clients? I, I think people need to, again, it goes back to the personal brand. Mm. One thing that folks may not be aware of is only 1% create content. About 9% are considered power users. Those are the folks that are in the comments every day. Without them, there would be no social media. But 90% of social media, and this has been the norm now for 15 years, and you can find tons of studies on, on the internet about it, they lurk. They don't say anything. They may engage or watch your video or read your po- uh, listen to your podcast, but they don't say anything. They're always lurking in, in the background. So you have to have a mindset that I'm playing the long game here. I have to develop my personal brand so that my audience grows to like me and trust me. And that doesn't happen overnight. That's a multi-month, multi-year process. And if most sales folks in particular are going to be moving on to somewhere else within 12 to 18 months, if all you talk about is the company that you're currently working for, what are you going to do in 18 months? You're going to be starting all over again. So I would encourage everybody to ask the following question because something we call imposter syndrome is real. I was scared to death three years ago when I first started. I I was shaking so bad when I was doing a video outside a place called Dunkin' Donuts. It's a coffee place here in the States that I had to rest my arm on the the window because the camera was shaking so bad. I was like, who am I to speak up? I, I have failed in my life. I've gone bankrupt in 2008. What do I have to offer? But once I jumped in the pool, I realized that all of us have something that we can bring to the table. And when you talk about what you care about, you're naturally going to find your niche. And for me, it's about helping small and mid-sized businesses grow their company. 
and I've stumbled into YouTube in the last 12 months because here in the States, you know, just like everywhere else in the world, we went through a pandemic. And then they had these loans and grants for small business owners. And once I understood that folks like myself were getting wiped out, I said, I'm going all in. So the question I'd like everyone to ask this weekend, what's the worst that can happen? If you go in all in on developing your brand, talking about what you care about, what's the worst that can happen? To fire you? Okay, well, chances are you were going to be going somewhere else in a year anyway. A client's going to fire you? I can promise you from experience, for everyone that walks away because I might drop an F-bomb over on YouTube, there's another one that's going to say, you know what, that's real. And what happened in B2C with the Kardashians, as one example, is now coming to B2B. We need to relax the culture and get real with people and be willing to talk about things that are a bit odd because it's all the same at the end of the day. You're writing a check to someone you like and trust to solve a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can relate to when you mentioned you, you did your first video three or so years back outside Dunkin' Donuts. I can relate to that. When I first started the podcast, as you'll probably remember, you were one of the first guests, Jace along with guys like Brandon Bonanza and Daniel Disney and a, a few others. And I was literally shaking before I was recording some of those back when we were still using Zoom because it was brand new to me. I literally thrown myself in the deep end. I thought, oh, shit, I've actually got to talk to people that I really admire, look up to and trust. And yeah, it really, it really came through. But it's one of those things, just like you say, once you jump into it, once you get stuck in, it's like it's not that bad. It's actually quite fun. And it's over time, just like posting content, you, you get better and better. You learn from your mistakes. And you start having fun with it, right? It's like riding a bike, right? When you first start without the training rules, wheels, you're going to fall down. You're going to skin your knee. You're going to look like a fool. Everybody goes through that same what we call imposter syndrome where we're scared to offer ourselves to the world because we're afraid of what our clients are going to think. What are my colleagues? There's something that can happen because, as I said, only 1% have the guts to get in front of the camera or jump on a, a podcast. So when you start doing that, you walk to the beat of your own drum you are going to have colleagues that are going to start uh, saying things behind your back, maybe even to your face, that you, you're being a little too edgy or you need to consider the company culture when you're getting out there and getting a little too colorful with your language, Jason. <laughs> and if it's going to be that stifling, then you may be in the wrong place because those that get it, that understand that what happened in B2C is now coming to B2B in large part because of the remote work lifestyle we're all going through are going to be the companies that explode in the next five to 10 years. But the ones that, you know, insist that we all have it all buttoned up and you're wearing that starch shirt and that blue blazer. And, you know, for example, when's the last time you ever saw a Fortune 500 executive, a VP of sales at a Salesforce, an Oracle, great companies, tremendous companies, get in front of the camera like you do with a baby or talk about barbecue sauce, something that would resonate with a guy like Jake Dunlap Big Kansas City Chief fan, he's a fanatic about barbecue sauce. I guarantee if you're an SDR and you put together a short 60-second video of a homemade rub that you put together and Jake sees that, the odds of him answering your phone call when you do reach out in a month or two are way high. But if you're all biz all the time, you never show anything that you're passionate about, you're not willing to talk about your weaknesses, your failures, and your success, you have no shot in this new world that we're evolving into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Such a, such a great point. Such a good way to stand out. 
And like you say, if you can pick up on what other people are doing in terms of what they're posting, it's stuff that you can leverage in your own sales conversations as well as a good way to stand out from the crowd. Um, you, re- you touched on something quite interesting there, Jace, that I've spoke with, I think it was Scott Barker a while back. Do you think that businesses, the organizations, I guess namely larger scale ones that have got a lot of reps, uh, a, lot of, a lot of sales rep, perhaps marketing reps that are going to be hanging out on LinkedIn and going to be wanting to do biz from there. Do you think they should be given free reign on social to do as they want with their personal brand? Or do you think they should really put in guidelines and say, yes, you can post as long as it's about our our, our company or our products? What are your thoughts there? I love Scott and there's so many others that are uh, killing it on LinkedIn in terms of content creation. Here's a perfect example. And I don't mean to pick on Salesforce because I think it's arguably the best CRM in the entire world. The last time I checked, they had a couple of million followers on LinkedIn on their company page. But they get on average about 10 likes and two or three comments. Well, just imagine if Salesforce, as one example, turned the, you know all those sales and marketing executives, which has to be into the tens of thousands, Yep. And give them permission with certain guidelines, right? There's no swearing. There's no drinking and drugging, et cetera, on camera. Don't disparage the company or the culture. But by all means, get out there and talk about what you care about. Well, you would suddenly have 10, 15, 20,000 executives from the newest of SDRs to VPs of sales sharing the sales force or the Fortune 500 culture in real time. And that would generate tens of thousands of likes and shares and engagement. Before you know it, Salesforce would be known as a hip, cutting edge, modern slash remote work lifestyle, which is I know, which I know something that Mark Benioff is a big fan of. Mm. But again, when's the last time you saw a Fortune 500 executive, whether it's in sales or marketing, I'm not talking about from the floor or doing a synopsis of some event. When, yep. when have you seen them out fishing? Or when have you seen them talking about a personal bankruptcy that they may have had a few years ago? Or even worse, perhaps, a divorce that they've gone through, a loss of a loved one. I've never seen it. It's always these smaller startups that have a what the hell, let's roll the dice and take a chance attitude that end up developing what I call a sticky buyer. Because once there's that relationship with you and the prospect and they know something beyond what it is that you sell, they're not going anywhere and they're much more likely to refer new business. Yeah. So it's like, it's like the sum, what is it? The sum of the parts is greater than the whole. If everyone would just let the hounds loose, turn loose those thousands of sales and marketing executives, giving them permissions with certain guidelines to build a brand and your social reach would go through the roof. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's, it's a great point. And like you say, with, with some exceptions, that is very much the case, isn't it? That it, it does look that way anyway. We could be wrong in some instances for some companies that do give their reps kind of not necessarily free reign, but guidelines to post social and build that personal brand. But on the, on the whole, it does does seem exactly as you've said. Um, so on that note, you raised, raised a nice point earlier saying that if you're constantly posting about your product, what you do, if you change jobs or you change your company in a few months' time, you're kind of going to be screwed, aren't you? Because you've been rambling on about all this stuff but then it might not even be relevant in 6, 12, 18 months time where, where something changes. So I guess posting your case, what you care about kind of really makes sense. Ha- should we be gearing our content though slightly towards what we do? So it has got a bit of an angle. So people don't always think that we're just kind of going out fishing or drinking coffee or whatever it is we enjoy doing. Um, is there a bit of a, a game that you, 
or a bit of a way you, you kind of gear it towards what you do or any advice you could give us? Yeah, it, it goes back to the 80-20 rule. So I talk about stocks a lot, both on YouTube and LinkedIn, but I also offer up a lot of sales content. And there's no sales ask whatsoever. For example, I'm about ready to do a, a video this coming week on why I love SDRs. There's no sales ask there. Yep. There's no sales ask there. I've talked about how to make a cold call. I've got a, a new a video that's also going to be coming out soon. It's one sentence that sales folks can use on LinkedIn. You can use it as a DM, a voicemail, or a video. One sentence that gets huge conversions if you have a brand. So what I talk about, what I care about, a lot of it has to do with sales and helping SDRs and, and AEs and BDs make more money, become more successful. And as long as I do that 80% of the time without any sales ask, meaning I'm not asking anybody to give me any of their time or their money, then I'm developing the brand. But I am telling you right now, you have a right in 2021 on a B2B platform, one out of every five times or so, to say, hey, look, here's what I need you to do. There's something in it for you as well as me. And as someone who's been giving away my tips, my tricks, my expertise now for years, I believe you've earned the right to ask someone for a demo, to buy a book, to book a seat at a seminar or whatever it happens to be. So- mm -hmm. You can talk about SEO in your case. You can talk about how to build a website without asking someone to do anything. And by giving away some of your IP, people are going to say, wow, Sam just gave me a real golden nugget. I could go elsewhere, but why would I? I want to do business with him or her because they're giving away their value without asking me for anything in return at least 80% of the time. So true. Literally, the the strategy that I followed for the last year or so, and that many others do that, that do well on LinkedIn is, like you say, giving away useful content, and then over time it builds that trust. And you're the person that, when they need X Y Z service, you they come to you because they've been seeing you in their their feed every day, and you've been the one that's been entertaining them, helping them, providing them useful tips. Business Growth Show is sponsored by Vidyard. In today's digital world. Getting the attention of key prospects can be a tricky task. Emails and phone calls are often ignored and meeting up in person is rarely an option. And that's exactly why tools like Vidyard have become so effective. Vidyard is a free app that makes it easy to record and send custom video messages that truly stand out and generate more responses. It's a great way to introduce yourself, to showcase your personality and to create a more personal connection from your very first outreach. You can sign up for your own free account today at vidyard.com forward slash BGS to start sending your very own video messages. That's vidyard.com forward slash BGS. The show is also sponsored by Web Choice. Are you tired of hunting for clients? You could be missing out on regular inbound opportunities all because your website isn't on the first page of Google. Perhaps you're already spending money on marketing, but your website is failing to convert your hard-earned visitors into a consistent flow of leads and sales. Want to learn more about WebChoice's unusual approach that brings idle clients straight to you? Book a free digital marketing assessment today at webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com. So you've given us some great pointers in actually producing the content, talking about what you care about and some, some good ideas there, Jace. Have you got any ways that you like to use, be them unusual, be them quite sensible in terms of actually turning this content into conversations with um, with people we want to be doing business with? 
Yeah, you've got so many choices now, right? You can do LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. You've got YouTube Lives. You've got you know Clubhouse and Snapchat. There's a dozen avenues in which you can start creating content. What I would suggest for anyone that's new to this game of content creation or building a brand is start small. I would even say your goal is once a week. Even if your hands are shaking and you got a knot in your stomach, that's normal. We all went through that. You might want to consider sitting down and just write a post and, and make it personal. Talk about something you failed on. Because I'm telling you right now, and you know this to be true, Sam, nothing sells like failure on social media. Whenever mm. I go out and I start pounding the old chest about I did this or that, it's crickets. But the minute I say, hey, I, I got wiped out in 2008, I lost everything, including my self-esteem. And here's what I learned for, from it. Boom, it blows up. And then when you get to the point of where you're on a podcast or in a video in particular, you just ask your audience for feedback. So I'm about to do a video about why I love SDRs. Of course, I'm gonna ask them a question or two and get them to engage in the content, which of course is gonna help everybody learn something, expand the reach, which is a challenge these days on LinkedIn with respect to video. The algorithm's always changing. But start small and know that it's okay to be nervous. If you're not, I would think something's wrong. And then once a week, we'll turn into twice a week. And then you'll broaden out into the three or four different modes of communication. And then just ask a question. What do you yep. guys think about this? Or how do you feel about that? And one last point is don't post and ghost. That's a huge mistake I see a lot, especially on YouTube. People will share a video and it's very, very good in many cases. But then you look in the comments and there's no engagement. As far as I'm concerned, if someone takes a few minutes to share their thoughts, even if they throw you overboard, I like to engage them. As long as they don't cross the line, I engage the so-called haters because many of them end up becoming friends or allies of the brand. But don't post and ghost. Ask a question and then respond and engage with your viewers. And that's going to help ultimately drive business. Some great pointers, man. Yeah, yeah, some some good stuff, especially in terms of asking questions, actually engaging with with who's in, in your feed. Because I guess if if someone's taken the time to leave a comment or a response in terms of something you've put up, and then you've not bothered to reply, it's it's almost like it's rude, really, isn't it? Because they've actually, in some cases, put something thoughtful, or added some value, or put their own opinion. So it's it's just good manners, right? And I guess it just reflects better on yourself, your brand, if if you take the time to. Give them a nice response. A lot of to that point, Sam, is there's a huge amount of ego in the C-suite, right? I may have a title of CEO, but if you email me as an SDR, and in fact, half of the people that I'm engaging with in terms of stock picks, they're not vice president level and higher. A lot of them are SDRs and or account managers who love the stock market. So we have to get off the high horse and you got to show the audience that, gee, he or she's a VP of sales or marketing, or that guy's a CEO and he's engaging with an SDR. Yes, because the, the audience, the market, so to speak, is going to see that. You're, you're taking the time to engage with someone because we all were there at one point, right? Wet behind the ears, didn't have a clue. I still don't have a clue. I'm 50 years old. I'll be 51 next month. I still don't have a clue about a lot of things. I still, every single day, and I'm going to talk about this in the next two weeks, on a few videos I'm doing, I still make mistakes every single day. People hang up on me. I fumble the ball on the one yard line, but that's part of the sales game. In fact, it's life in general and everybody watching me right now should know that. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're only human, right? Um, now, Jace, I want to get into this because we've t- we've talked a lot on the show about LinkedIn. There's plenty of episodes that you can you can look back um, to, to talk about LinkedIn content creation and lead gen. But you, eleven months back, you started a YouTube channel. I remember you messaging me at the time. I think I was in the gym. You said, "Sam, I'm going to start a YouTube channel," and I said, "Great. I think you'll do pretty well because the content you put out on LinkedIn is pretty pretty cool. It, it entertains. It gets good good responses." 11 months down the line, 60K subscribers, um, over 3 million views. So what, what's the secret, man? I mean, how did you do that? Because that's a pretty short space of time to, to blow up just like that. Yeah. Um, a, I got lucky here in the States with the lockdown. Um, businesses like myself in March, April, and May of 2020 were wiped out. I lost two-thirds of my customers like that. We had a commercial furniture supplier that was building product in China, Say no more. We lost almost everything uh, when the lockdowns began in March of 2000. So I was personally looking for help myself. I ended up going to SBA.gov, applied for something called the Emergency EIDL Loans and Grants for Small Business Owners. And then the SBA changed the rules. We were supposed to get $10,000 within 72 hours. Well, we didn't. And they ended up rationing the grants at $1,000 per employee and capping the loans at 150 grand instead of $2 million where they belong. And it got into my soul because I realized there are millions of small business owners right now that are going bankrupt because they're not getting access to the funds that they were promised in the CARES Act. So I went on YouTube and I started a channel and the brand is raw, real, uncut, unedited. To everybody watching me right now, I've never edited a video. Everything I do is on this iPhone. I wouldn't even know how to edit a video. So if you think you need a fancy camera and 4K this and that, I've never done any of that. You got to be raw in your own way. What does that mean? Unfiltered. You don't have to edit everything nine ways to Sunday, Sam. Why do you think bloopers are so important and, and highly watched in a movie? Everybody wants to see their Hollywood hero make a mistake. I've had videos where I've lost my train of thought. It may happen here today. And I leave it in. I'm like, holy shit, that's 45 seconds of dead air. Well, people think that's real and that's funny. So long story short, I have absorbed the pain and the anxiety of the small business owners. And I have colorful language on YouTube. I separate that on LinkedIn. I never swear on LinkedIn. It's a different audience. It's a different mix of folks. But I asked myself that question. I may have mentioned earlier, what's the worst that can happen? Someone's going to fire me? Fine. Someone else will hire me that knows I'm real and I'm I'm speaking from the heart of all times. And then, you know, millions of views just showed up and I woke up 10,000, 20,000, 30,000. And then I'm at a point right now where I'm actually making more money on YouTube than I am with my business. (laughs) But if you follow the channel, I give away huge sums of money because people are hurting. And in the process of giving back to the community, that's just helped the brand continue to explode and who knows? I may be knocking on a hundred thousand within six months. Yeah, and I think there's some tips that you've shared here, Jason, that apply to to many social channels. So, namely LinkedIn and YouTube that we've been talking about. Being able to talk about what you actually care about, being genuine, being actually sharing what you're doing, sharing things without kind of making it stuffy and boring. So, certainly when I first started posting on LinkedIn. 
I thought it had to be professional. It had to be corporate. I couldn't really post this stuff because if I post about my personal life, then people might think I'm being unprofessional. So I think those myths just need to be busted, right? And it's like we've like we've covered in the last 20, 25 minutes. It's, it's something that's going to layer up um, when people are seeing a mix of content relevant to what you offer and content relevant to your personal life and, and what you care about. They're going to get build that trust and realize that it's not a robot behind the screen it's actually a, a real person that they could get on with and they, they could have a conversation with is, is that about right jace yeah and like i said earlier what happened in b2c is now in the early stages we're the bottom of the first top of the second in a nine inning ball game analogy it's happening in the b2b in fact if if you still don't believe anything i've said today go on youtube and watch tony robbins new uh, i think it's awaken the giant he literally comes out, you know, they got the music rock and he's got that baseball bat and he opens up the show. And this just started about a year ago. He says, and I quote, how you mother effers doing? And I almost fell off my chair. I'm like, this is my childhood hero saying mother effer. And the same thing with Eckhart Tolle, someone in the spiritual realm that I respect tremendously. He recently did a live uh, broadcast where he said the F word not once, but twice. And you could hear the audience go, but they understand now that it's okay to be real in the so-called B2B commercial space. But so few of us are doing it. But the ones that have the guts to just be yourself, and it doesn't mean you have to drop the F bomb, but I'm telling you right now, same thing with Ryan Serhan, billion dollars a year in, uh, uh, real estate transactions. Go on YouTube. He's got one of the Emmy award-winning shows. There's at least two or three F-bombs in every 20-minute clip. Gary Vaynerchuk, another example. My goodness. Yep. He's he's now bleeping some of it, but he's built damn near a billion-dollar empire being arguably the most colorful figure on social media. So you got to come out of the box that we've all been placed in and just start getting real with the audience in your own way. You don't have to be like me, but you got to be yourself and take a chance on talking about what you care about. Yeah. And just made me think, really, it, it gives you a good point to stand out because there's too much boring content, right? Just the same old stuff. Talking about products, talking about services, just generic stuff that's no value. Like check out our blog post, check out our company award or just this stuff that no one really cares about because you're just talking about yourself. But when you when you spin it up, when you when you kind of put these pattern interrupts that we've been talking about, it's just just a good way to break out in the feed if we're talking about a LinkedIn or if we're talking about YouTube. It's yeah, it's it's kind of breaking the mold. So it's it's been an enjoyable chat, Jason. Just to wrap things up, are there any other any other advice so for anyone that's been listening in, thinking, yeah, I, I think I could give this content stuff a go. Any other final pointers or final remarks on on what they need to consider or what they should do after they've been doing it perhaps for a little while, just to make sure they are actually generating the conversations and they are going to be able to generate some some business from from the work they're putting in. Yeah, great question. First of all, understand everybody who's watching right now. It's normal if you're nervous, and you're going to have to have a conversation with your leadership. You need to sit down if you're in sales as an example, but it applies to everybody. Sit down with your, your boss, your supervisor, and say, hey, look, the writing's on the wall. I need to start developing a personal brand. I want to know if I have the freedom, and we can talk about what the guidelines and the rules are, to start putting myself in front of the camera or at least becoming a guest. That's another pointer I would give the audience. You don't have to start your own podcast right away. I don't have one, but I could be a guest on a show for the rest of my life every single week. 
But you have to have that conversation. Is it okay for me to talk about this, this, and this? And if your boss starts, you know, giving you the squint eye and folding the arms and thinking, well, I'm not so sure about that, you may be in the wrong organization. And I'm not saying you got to roll the dice and become an entrepreneur, but a side hustle or another company that gets it is probably where you're going to need to be. Because I'm telling you right now, and I've been in the sales game my whole life, this smile and dial call center stuff is going away. If all you're going to do is dial phone numbers with strangers that have no idea who you are, what your value prop is, in the next two or three years, you're toast. It's the multi-channel reps, the multi-channel firms that write podcast, video, engage, make mistakes, put themselves out there that are going to be killing it. So start small, go once a week, um, talk about what you care about. And I, as I said earlier, I'm available. Don't, don't let the, the title. I'm a glorified SDR, and I'm going to talk about that next week. Reach out to me if you have questions on where to start, mistakes or concerns that you might have, and I will do whatever I can to help point you in the right direction. Awesome, man. Well, that's a great way to, to wrap it up. Jason, really appreciate you coming back on the show, mate. Enjoyed the, enjoyed the chat, and we'll have to get you back for a, for a fourth time in, in the very near future. But with that, please do tell us more about how people can connect with you, how people can learn more about you and, and get in touch. Yeah, you can follow me basically on two places. I'm at YouTube and especially on LinkedIn. It's two different audiences, same name, Jason McLehone. If you want to send me an email, it's Jason at remotesales.com. And once again, I have a partnership with Salelytics, driving $5 billion a year as an outsourced sales provider. So make sure you follow us on that LinkedIn page. I appreciate being on the show, Sam. It was a big thrill. No worries, man. And all those links will be available on the website, which is businessgrowth.com marketing thanks once again jace had a great time thanks buddy i appreciate it cheers dude and if you enjoy the show be sure to hit subscribe for business growth show wherever the heck you get your podcast from we interview two business leaders each and every week to provide actionable tips across sales marketing all with a goal to help you grow your business and grow your revenue and with that we'll catch you on the next episode